comments heard on The View from a Pew are those of Mac McCoy and are not necessarily the opinions of his guests, his producer Garth, any one particular denomination or religion, the church lady, Mr. Lemke, Pastor Craig, or anyone else of sound mind and body. Now here is today's The View from a Pew, heard all around the world on YouTube. Just search for The View from a Pew. giving us that disclaimer we love hearing your voice welcoming folks to our show every single day it's called the view from a pew and that's our overall name of our ministry now we do have a roku channel which you can have for free um and it has a couple of other programs that we do one is our roman road we are in our 68th week of studying romans and we're about in the middle of eight so we're about third of the way through it. And then, of course, we've got the program that we're doing today, which is the view from a pew. And what does the Bible say about blank? I think that's a very important ministry. Uh, I still like to have pastors on like you and I did in the beginning where we'd have questions and people would write into us and stuff. But I think it's important, at least I felt God tell me it was important to get back and talk a little bit more about what the Bible says. Oh, absolutely. And we're doing that, and plus we've got our other show, uh, which is inspired by Taran Wells' song, Taking It All Back. And that is we're asking uh, each other to recognize what Satan has taken from us, whether it be with our youth, it may be with our marriages, it may be with our jobs, it may be with our churches. In fact, sometimes it's in the middle of the church. So that's what we talk about here on The View from a Pew. Uh, We've got 27 websites, I'm sorry, podcasts that we go to. Just go to your podcast and search for The View from a Pew. And if for some reason you can't find it there, then email me at Mac, M-A-C, like macaroni, at theviewfromapew.com. Com and let me know. Also, we are on several uh, f- Facebook sites. We are on um, YouTube uh, live as well as pre-recorded. And now our 2024 ministry has added uh, the Roku channel. And it's not for those of you that are listening on the radio, or whatever. There is a visual component to this, but it's not fancy. It's really just my way of showing you, the listener or the viewer, that this is transparent. We don't play TV here. We still play Disciples of Christ sharing evangelical and and important messages from him. But we do have the visual so you know we are who we are. All right, so today we're going to talk about what does the Bible say about the Bible when it comes to our obedience to God's teaching is key. To me, this is a huge, huge conversation, and and quite frankly, where I sometimes get confused. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Gary, and what is our obedience to God's teaching? What's the key to that? Well, first we need to understand what the Bible says, you know, about what God wants us to do to be obedient. I think a whole lot of people, they kind of, and, and maybe the devil's working with them, you know, or, or maybe on them to get them to think, 
you can't ever understand all that. Look at how big that is. Look at how many pages. Look at how many verses. Look at all those different books. How do you know if it's right or not? You know, and so they they become just kind of overwhelmed in their mind. But how do you read a book? Well, you start from the beginning and read forward. You know, until you're at the end. And so, what is the basis of faith? And a whole lot of people they don't understand how faith develops correctly. They think somehow, some of them think it's like a a virus. It just kind of lands on them. You know, "Ah, I got faith all of a sudden. You know, I was walking down the street and I, one step I didn't have it. The next step I took, all of a sudden I got zapped with faith. That's not how it happens. The scriptures tell us how faith develops within a person. Romans 10 and verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So faith comes by hearing the word of God. So We need to read God's word to understand how our faith needs to develop and what it needs to develop into. That's the basis. The Bible is the basis for our life, really. And and, and certainly, if we want to look toward eternal life in heaven, we got to go to the Bible to understand how we can do that, how we can get there, how we can have confidence in our eternal home in heaven. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, he said, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure, with a clean, uh, pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, so not through human means, physical means, but incorruptible through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So, when, when, Nic- when Jesus told Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven, yeah. John chapter 3, verse 3 through 5, Peter lays it out. This is how we come to that rebirth, okay. through obeying what the scriptures teach us. And that's uh, Second Peter? No, First Peter chapter First 1. Peter cha- okay, chapter 1. Verses 22 and 23. Okay, 20, I'm just writing this down so I have it. Yeah, that's good. And James wrote in James chapter 1 and verse 18, he brought us forth by the word of truth. Now, that, that phrase, brought us forth, is a birthing imagery. And it relates and ties directly to what Jesus told Nicodemus and what Peter wrote here in 1 Peter 1, verses 22 and 23. So obedience to God's teachings is not just a book we read like for entertainment, like a novel. Right. It's a book we read for guidance, for life. Yeah, I know this is not the uh, correct acronym for Bible, because if I understand it, Bible means word. Is that right? The word Bible means word or the word? I, I think you might be right. It's been a while since I, okay. you know, studied that particularly, but I, yeah. And, but it's certainly, it's, it's talking about the word of God. You know, when you look at the very first verse in the Bible, what does it say? In the beginning. In the beginning of what? God. God. Right there in the beginning. Yeah. First verse. And so you don't get any more basic than that. Yeah, I always like the acronym basic instructions before leaving earth. Yeah, yeah. I just think there's no coincidence Yeah. that that's yeah. what the acronym is for that word. Yeah. Because that's what the Bible is. Yeah. It's instructions. You won't get everything you need to know because God isn't ready to reveal everything to us yet. But they are the basic instructions. Now, the Apostle John wrote something, again, very direct, easy to understand, 
In fact, it's difficult to not understand it. In First John, Second uh, John, there's only one short chapter in that short book, short letter by John the Apostle. Second John, chapter one, verse nine. He said, "Whoever transgresses." Now, what does the word transgress mean? Go it's, back. Yeah, yeah. It, you're missing the mark, basically. Yeah. Whoever transgresses and does not abide in, what does the word abide mean? Live. Uh, uh, live. live in. Okay, right. Follow. We know what our abode is. That's yeah. our home. Okay. So whoever, whoever transgresses and does not abide in, live in the doctrine, the word doctrine simply means teaching, of Christ does not have God. Uh, okay. If, if you're not following God's word, don't expect to be walking with God. Okay, now, this is where I want to stop you for a few minutes. Sure. There are those folks... Now, wait, how do I say this? I have been taught in the last 14 years that Jesus died on the cross for every one of my sins. And if I simply repent and turn to him on those, then I will be forgiven for those sins and that gives me the opportunity to spend eternity with him in salvation. But then there are those people who constantly bring up uh, drunkardness and a man laying with the money, uh, another man, or uh, not forgiving somebody for their debt, and and all these other things. You know, James, uh, faith without works is not anything. Is there a happy medium, or is it a bigger picture than... If, if you repent of your sins because of Jesus' death on the cross, you are forgiven. I, I, I get lost here, Pastor. Okay. So repentance means, again, literally, the word repent means, or repentance, different forms of the same word, a change of mind. But the change inherent within that understanding is a change of mind that leads to a change in life. So if I'm truly going to repent, let's see I've been let's say I've been robbing banks. Okay. If I'm going to repent, yeah, I was trying to think of something easy, but go yeah, ahead. right, we'll right. I'm using, you know, uh, you know, kind of hyperbole here. So if I'm going to repent of robbing banks, what am I going to do? I'm going to stop robbing banks. Right. Okay. If I'm truly repenting of any sinfulness in my life, the very understanding of that of that principle repentance is I'm going to stop doing that. Okay. But what if I stop robbing banks? And this is a good one to bring up because I'm not a bank robber. If I stop <laughs> robbing banks and then three years from now, six years from now, my family needs to be fed and to be housed. Yeah. And I'm for, am I forced? I don't know if I'm forced. I choose to go back and rob a bank. Where, where is that in God's grace and forgiveness? Well, you've if, sense? yeah, yeah, it, and and you can apply it to any sin. If you go back into the sin, you become a sinner again. You know, you can't you can't excuse. If we if we take that that idea and we say, well, I don't see any other way, so I've got to do this. You know, I've got to become a prostitute. I've got to become a bank robber. I've got to rob the you know the the you know the corner drugstore or whatever it is. That that's all sin. You know, and, and we can't excuse sin by saying, well, I, I don't see any other alternative. I've, but, got to, I've, got to, I've got to find a way that lets me stay in God's teachings, true to his word, without saying, well, 
I, I, I need to turn to sin, which is absolutely contradictory to God's teachings and his way for us to live. Yes, I, I don't disagree. By the way, Gary Hutchins is my guest. Uh, Church of Christ, uh, Sunny Slope is the name of it, about a block north of 108th and Maple. Service, uh, Bible uh, Sunday school on Sundays at 9.30, service at 10.30. Then they have another gathering that evening at 6 o'clock, and then Wednesday nights at 6.30, all at the church. But, okay, so I rob a bank after I promised I wouldn't uh, six years later because that's just what I did. Does that endanger my uh, salvation? Because after I rob that bank again, six years, 12 years later, I'm repentant of it. I'm no fool. I know that God would prefer I not rob banks. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't void what Jesus did on the cross for us. Well, no, Jesus died on the cross so that we could have the opportunity to be forgiven of our sins. Okay. Redeemed, which 70 means... 70 times 7. Bought back, well, for, yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us could number how many times we've sinned in our life. But we can continue if we've come to God through Jesus and, yeah, we've, we've responded to what Ananias told Saul of Tarsus, yep. who became the Apostle Paul, you know... Um, why are you waiting? Arise, be baptized, and wash away your sins. If we've done that, then we can continually ask God's forgiveness. But we cannot be presumptuous thinking, I'm going to sin over here, and then I'm going to, going to ask God's forgiveness, and everything's going to be okay. That's presumptuous sin. That's, that's not cutting it for us well, in our Christian life. Okay. So you said how many times we've sinned in my, our lives. I'm 64 years old. Yep. That's 365 times 64, and it's 23,725. Days. I know. Yeah. Well, it's sin. <laughs> I know I've sinned at least that much. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I can't go a day without somehow. I mean, I'm a lot better than I used to be, but I still have things to repent for at the end of the day. I think God knows our heart, too. You know, yeah. and, and there's where it's difficult for us because. We're finite human beings. We, you know, we we relate to beginnings, endings, you know, uh, hard and fast, you know. But God's grace comes in here somewhere, you know. And so, do we ever commit sin that we don't recognize as sin? Even as a faithful, dedicated, committed Christian, do we ever commit a sin that we don't we don't realize that was a sin? Sure, we do. Where does God's grace come in? I think that covers that for us, but. What we need to always keep in our mind is, I continually want to pray to God for forgiveness and to help. I want Him to help me see the truth in matters. So, did I hear you just say that sometimes I will commit a sin that I don't know it's a sin? Absolutely. Boy, that hit. I. How can I not know it's a sin? Well, because, because. You know, we have not, okay, do you know everything in the scriptures? Heavens no. No, me neither. Okay. And so we we take an act, maybe we say something, and we don't realize that what we just said was not accurate. And maybe it caused a problem for somebody else. Okay, I can okay. see that. I yeah. can see that. That's just one example. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Well, I look forward to you coming back. Uh, this series that we're doing, What Does the Bible Say About Blank, is really becoming one of my favorite programs to do. And do you have an idea of the next time we get together, what does the Bible say about blank? You know, let me, let me think about it a little bit. Some things have been running through my head, but okay. but I don't want to blend them together. Yeah, that's know. fine. We've got as many times as we want to do this. Okay, appreciate that. And as I always say, if you want to hear a program that answers that question for you, what does the Bible say about blank? You can email me with some ideas. You can catch up with me or Gary at church. Or I also invite you to come into the studio. You don't need to sit in front of a microphone. You don't need to talk on the radio. But if you're like me, what does the Bible say about blank is somewhat of a conundrum. Did I say that right? Yeah. Conundrum in my life, and I need it solved. And we'll do that for you here on The View from a Pew. And what does the Bible say about Mac, blank? Mac, let's, let's, let's focus on this for the next one. What okay. does the Bible say about creation? About creation. Yeah. Okay. This is one that I'm always, you know, just kind of right there in, in my head. Okay. I'm okay with that. Good. All right. Uh, as always, Gary ha- is here, Gary Hutchins. We appreciate him taking his time to do these radio programs as well as these podcasts. And don't forget, we're on Roku now, so we've got a visual television show. Just go to your Roku channel and search for The View from a Pew. I'm Mac McCoy. If I haven't told you lately, thanks for listening. Love this job. Couldn't do it without you. Right here, and thanks to DivineTruthChristian.com. Where you'll find more.